Hey everybody and welcome to Licked and Loaded. I'm Laura Desiree and if you're anything like me, your porn watching habits during this pandemic have certainly stretched to new lengths. Maybe you feel like you've searched it all and you've seen all of it by now. Well, today I'm introducing you to an industry leader creating content that is so fresh, so hot, so bold, it'll chase your pulse to new heights. Today we're talking all things artistic integrity with creative director of Aorta Films, Max Capacity. Welcome creative director of Aorta Films, Max Capacity. Hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me. What an absolute honor. You know, in the wild world of, of social media and Instagram these days, I came across Aorta Films and have been obsessed ever since. There's, there's nothing quite like it, at least in my own exploration of porn available today. So let's give this audience an idea of uh, exactly what you do in the adult industry and a little on Aorta Films, please. Sure. So uh, Aorta Films makes uh, lusty, opulent, gorgeous fuckery. Um, we try to make queer porn that is just sort of exploding with queer desire. Um, we like working with a really wide range of body types and identities and genders. Um, we really like representing kink and BDSM. Um, and yeah, so I'm Max Capacity. I'm the creative director of Aorta Films. I'm one of the three founders. Um, and currently I run it with my uh, colleagues, Poppy Femme and Jane Fine. Amazing, but you're also a performer. That is true, yes. And I'm also a porn performer. I've performed in Aorta's work and also with Four Chambers and um, with Meow Meow Collective in Berlin. And yeah, hoping to do some more performing soon. So yeah, I love performing as well. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's, that's it's an incredible experience to do what you do on camera. And uh, I'm curious about your journey into sharing that kind of intimacy uh, for viewers. I mean, how did you get into this? Yeah, so I founded Aorta Films with uh, with two collaborators, with Parts Authority and Jenny Wolf, in 2015. Uh, and prior to that, the three of us were friends, and so we used to do a lot of uh, like photo shoots together and and sort of hyping each other up as friends. Um, and so we sort of had that creative practice already going. We would do like a, a sort of like naked photo shoot every Valentine's Day and things like that. So we were comfortable, um, sort of like being friends but having sexual identities around each other. Um, and sort of being in that sort of very queer relationship. Um, and then I, before my sort of porn career, I was a choreographer and a dance maker um, and had a dance company. And one of the works that we were making in 2015 was like a queer sci-fi time travel feminist epic thing nice. um, where we, did, we created sort of a sci-fi universe and then made 10 different works out of the universe that each sort of told a different story and each work was in a different media so we had like the dance performance but then we also made a comic book and 3d printed jewelry and as a choreographer I'm like you know obsessed with bodies obsessed with pleasure obsessed with performance and so I was like, I wanna make porn as one of the works out of this sci-fi universe. Um, and so in 2015, we made a film called The O Files, which was like a few just different sort of sci-fi queer vignettes um, that sort of related to this bigger project. And we premiered that and got just like such a warm welcome from the porn community. And, and as a creator, I sort of felt like 
damn, like I can be making the same work that I was making choreographically in a porn sense. And we sort of took off from there. I mean, you're so equipped to make sensational art. This, is, this isn't foreign to you to create and to visualize in this way, but actually taking the step to say, I'm going to share my own expression of sexuality and intimacy for the camera. I mean, was there ever a moment of hesitation? Did you ever say to yourself, I don't know if I wanna be in front, I wanna stay behind the camera. How did that decision-making go? Yeah, I mean, so we, we made work as Aorta Films for about a year before I performed in a work, um, I think as, as a fat person, it you know certainly comes with uh, a lot of additional sort of fears and hesitancies and neuroses, um, you know. And and then even aside from that, I think almost everyone has a moment of like, wait, do I really want to do this? How's this going to affect my life? What are all sort of the safety concerns I need to take into account? Um, but in terms of making porn, I felt like it was the same thing. It was working with bodies. It was being on set. It was working with instinct. It was working with consent and and like permissibility and talking with performers. So that felt very natural. Um, when I started performing, it felt like, okay, I want to do this. This is like a really big step. This is scary. And again, um, you know, I think as a fat person, I really felt this feeling of like, oh my God, I'm not supposed to call attention to myself. I'm not supposed to exist. I'm not supposed to have a body that's visible. I'm certainly not supposed to exist as a fat person in a sexual way. Um, and it was so much fun and so liberating to get in front of the camera and just sort of be able to be present in that performative sexual way. And uh, I sort of haven't looked back since. Yeah, that's incredible. It's, it's exciting. You get goosebumps listening to it, you know? It's, holy shit. That's fantastic. And I think, I think that experience of doing it my first time and feeling nervous to be that vulnerable, but then also through that vulnerability, finding so much power in the performance part of it. Um, that's like what I want to create for other performers that get to work with Aorta Films is like the moment to sort of be authentic and powerful and vulnerable all in the same moment. Well, that's just it. I mean, it, it goes with the kind of content Aorta makes. I mean, I, I've only been to the website and had a look at some of the trailers and my goodness, it's not your mainstream pizza delivery porn scene. Uh, do you want to let us know a little bit about the kinds of content that are under the aorta umbrella? I mean, there's all kinds of expressions of BDSM and kink, and uh, let's get into the specifics. Uh, so with aorta, we have a few different areas of the work we make. Um, we make short films and we release a new short film every single month, which is just like a ton of content and really fun to get to do. Every once in a while, we'll make sort of longer feature length films. And then we also have some projects like Bedded, which is our festival going on this month, which is like a small sort of curation of a few films that we like and think that our viewers would like as well. Um, but for Aorta's work, yeah, our short films are really performer led. Um, we very rarely go into something saying, I want to make, you know, like you said, a pizza delivery scene that starts this way and includes these sex acts. And so now let's cast it. Um, we really sort of find performers that we feel really excited about and that we feel like would be a good fit with what we're doing. And then we have conversations with them and we say, you know, what do you want to shoot? What are you excited about? What would feel sort of that, that really good mix again of like vulnerable and powerful at the same time? You know, what's your dream scene that you've always had in the back of your mind that you've, you've never gotten to shoot yet? Um, and then we just talk it out and we do some matchmaking, we pull in other performers and we sort of craft a scene together. Um, and that usually is like one of the most fun parts of what we do because it's just a bunch of us sort of like weirdo BDSM kink pervs, um, you know, talking about 
what this ideal scene could be and throwing around ideas and whittling it down. Yeah. And, uh, and that's how it gets made. So it's, it's honest exploration of pleasure. It's honest exploration of, of curiosity. I mean, it, famously in the industry, we've, you know, been, we've had scripts go out and performers get attached to it, you know, like that's just the way it goes. And you're, you're, you're hired to perform in a very calculated supplied for you fantasy, but it sounds like you're exploring these unique and very sincere sexual fantasies of people and, and then and then looking to capture it on camera. Do I have that that angle correct? It blows my mind. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And you know, I would say that the the performances we get are still performances, right? Mm -hmm. We're not like we're definitely not shooting. I guess we have a few films that are more documentary style, but for the most part, our work still lives in that place of like fantasy and performativity. Um, and and you know, we'll definitely have performers wanting to perform something for us that they wouldn't necessarily want to perform every day, or or sorry, uh, that they wouldn't necessarily want to have as their sex life, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it, for them, I think a chance to like be experimental and exciting as well. Um, but it is, there is an authenticity to it. There is a genuineness to it. None of these folks I think are, are being asked to do something that they uh, wouldn't have thought of themselves. Yeah. And, and I, I certainly do want to get to, you know, the importance and, and exactly how you execute consent on your sets. You know, that is a major part of it, but within the content, uh, I want our audience to have a little bit more of an understanding of the kinds of films that Aorta makes. I mean, your logo is a hand about to fist. It's in fisting position. You see things like breath play. I mean, the trailers are so dynamic and so exciting and truly fresh. So what kinds of, uh, I guess, sexual exchanges have you captured for Aorta so far? making me blush this is so, <laughs> this is so kind of you um so yeah we we do sort of all across the board we love kink we love bdsm so you know certainly some like serial killer stuff some you know teens experimenting for the first time and then getting caught and punished by the babysitter um you know we've done a few scenes as part of our feature film whole where you know people are eating and and feasting on this lush table and then be begin to get to feast on each other. Um, we really love to create sort of like, you know, lush, fantastic, really embodied scenes. Mm. Um, we have some rope play, we have some blood and needles, we have impact, we have age play, we have, uh, you know, kitchen fantasies, everything you can think of. Um, yeah. We've either done it or are really excited to do it soon. Yeah, so, so where do you draw the line? in these, you know, development uh, phases, where do you say, you know what, let's maybe not depict this one? Hmm. I mean, for me, I, I personally sort of come at this like I would a play party. Um, it's not so driven by by what I personally think is hot or by what I personally want to see. Hmm. Um, if there are queer folks who are excited to engage in kink or play or sex or fantasy with each other, um, I feel like it's showing queer love, it's showing queer perversion, it's showing queer like life force. And that makes me excited to capture it. So I don't know that there's anything that I would say like, oh, that's not for us. Um, you know, certainly we have to do a little work around, um, you know, what we can show on what sites. There are a lot of sites that don't show blood or needles or anything like that. Um, yeah, but I don't think I personally have a, a sort of like aesthetic limit on what Aorta would film. Um, mm -hmm. It's more about are there performers that are excited to do it and how can we make it happen?
Yeah, queer life force. That just got me so wet, so hard, all in one. <laughs> it's so, what a beautiful uh, statement there. There is such a queer life force in the aorta uh, legacy. I love that. It's, it's, it's sensational. Like, I keep going back to just how fresh it is. There isn't anything like it that I've come across uh, online, and I am in no way the authority of what's happening in porn these days. Um, depicting these kinds of scenes, these kinds of fresh, unique, and certainly fresh to most of the mainstream porn audience out there, what is the responsibility in, in what you show and how you show it. Uh, say something like the, the blood play that you have. I saw a little moment of it on social media and I thought, well, what, what needs to come along with that package for audiences that may find themselves influenced, inspired, or maybe even curious about exploring it for themselves? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Um, you know, I think in my mind, porn should never be sex ed, and it should also never be training, you know? I think there are many, many people who are um, wonderfully experienced at these things, like blood play is a great example. Some of them who uh, are performers in our films who offer, uh, in addition to their porn work, do workshops and one-on-one -on -one coaching and things like that. Um, you know, and I would say if you're interested in getting into any of these things, you know, be it blood play or rope play or suspension or even something like impact or spanking yeah. which feels a little bit like easier to start with um there's a ton of ways you can read up on it online it's always great to take workshops or do things like that in person um and then there are a lot of educators that will do one-on-one -on -one coaching or coaching with you and your partner um so in terms of our work i really see it like we're there to stoke the fantasy we're there to like put the idea in your head and get you hot and horny and turned on and excited about a thing right. um you know, but I hope that that's sort of a first step and not the end point and then thinking you can just jump into it. Yeah, for sure. Is there like a, a disclaimer that goes out on on any of your projects? Or am I just being am I being as cautious as possible? Because I know, you know, we're in we're in a, a very exploratory, sensitive and and transforming culture right now. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think our work really lives within the queer community. And so when I'm looking at it, you know, and, and maybe this is, is something we should reconsider. Um, but when I'm looking at it, I think I am sort of assuming, um, I'm assuming that the person understands consent. I'm assuming that the person watching sort of has an understanding that this is fantasy and that it's not real life. Um, and, and that from there, there's the ability to sort of understand it as, as art, as entertainment, right? But not as, um, a license to replicate this on anyone else without their consent, obviously. Right. Um, so, you know, I don't know. In terms of the community response, I think generally we get a lot of queer love. We get a lot of people saying, like, thank you. I've never seen someone who looked like me doing this. I've never seen this kink that I had in porn. I've never liked porn because it always felt sort of like misogynistic or um, abusive or, or sort of just even just sort of boring. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so we get a lot of people loving on it. But I don't know that our work really reaches people in the mainstream a ton. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm interested as we get bigger and bigger to see what mainstream audiences think about it. And if it feels like, oh, that's not for me, that's a queer thing. Or if it feels like they can sort of take some steps into it and, and get excited by what we're doing. Yeah. So, so you're, you're certainly aiming towards reaching those, those waters and seeing what may happen with the mainstream reaction. I think that's so exciting. Oh. 
Yes, and I think it's also like sort of for us, by us. Like I'm not, I'm excited. Like anyone who wants to see our work and get excited about it is welcome there, right? Like we're we're so we're so open to having viewers like at every angle. Um, but I will also say, like I think what makes our work special is that we're making it for us. We're making it for mm -hmm. our community, um, and it's not you know, we're not sort of taking the traditional porn route, which is let's find a thing that's successful and then replicate it as much as we can. Um, you know, because I come from an art background, I'm really interested in experimentalism. And for me, it's so much more interesting to sort of dive in and figure out how to do it new each time or figure out like, what happens if we do it this way? Or what happens if we do it this way? Or can we do this thing? Um, and that feels like sort of the, the core of what Aorta is doing, right? That we're just playing around and having fun and figuring out what feels exciting to us, like both us, the small us of the Aorta makers and sort of the larger us of our performers, our collaborators, our, our audiences, our community. Um, but I would say it's the focus is really making it for that community, um, which feels exciting. I obviously reactions that you've received is a huge realm I want to step into but in regards to production just to wrap up this glorious beautiful uh realm of of production in such a unique art form uh what what is production like I mean when you're shooting these uh, I know that you have content that is coming in from places other than just New York City but uh, what are some of the safety parameters precautions like what's uh, how does that flow and work on set yeah, so each shoot is always a little bit different, but um, we've started sort of calling the main way we shoot aorta regular. Um, and we'll go and we'll choose maybe, you know, somewhere between four and six performers. And we'll go and sort of spend a weekend, usually like four days together, and shoot somewhere between four to six films with sort of different configurations of those performers, um, which is really nice because that lets it be sort of like this little um you know intensive escape weekend where we can really sort of get to know each other as a group um you know the performers get to have time with the crew and the camera person and the, the dp um you know and and as part of that we get to talk through everything we get to like have meals together we get to like have time in the space to like get comfortable right um so part of that is definitely you know when we think about consent we think about building scenes is just that it's not that they show up and are told to do a thing on the day that they show up that it's a really long process we brainstorm about about it we do matchmaking we figure out who would be in a good scene together um but then we sort of build it together and we we keep having those conversations at many points along the process mm -hmm. so even if you know a week advance in the shoot we have this idea for a scene and here's how it's going to go if we show up on set and someone's like i'm pmsing i don't feel good today i'm really exhausted or if someone's like you know what, I've been thinking about this more and I think this is something that I actually don't wanna share publicly. This is just a part of my sex life. You know, if someone changes their mind day of, that's awesome, right? But we have to leave time for it and we have to adjust. So there are lots of points along the process where, where that's really built in, where we're checking in with performers, we're checking in with the crew, we're seeing how everyone feels, we're adjusting. Um, and then when we shoot together too, you know, of course we have sort of the basic safety procedures of there is a safe word and if anyone, you know, performer, crew member, you know, the person who's helping us cook. If anyone was to say that safe word, everything stops. We pause, we figure out what's next, right? So like basic things like that, I think are really built into sort of the fabric of how we shoot. Mm -hmm. And because we have that built in, it's become such a process. It really lets us have like this amazingly fun weekend where we really get to, you know, just dive into shooting, you know, four to five, six films at a time. Max, it's, it's like the content is the result of this retreat, you know, like, like a creative sexual retreat. And that 
again, it's just another element of this honesty in the art that you make. My gosh, I love it. Well, yeah. And there's something about, you know, I, I will say like, it's not just fun. Like we're really rigorous. We're really yes. thoughtful. We hold everyone we work with to a really high standard of being able, you know, not only to like dive in and be an amazing performer, but to be really rigorous with their consent and with their sort of assessment of their own being and their own performance. And, um, you know, I, the performers I love, love working with the most, I know will tell me no multiple times whenever they feel like it, right? And then I can ask them to sort of push and go further and do these big crazy things because I trust that they can say no and that they will say no as soon as they don't want to. Yeah. Um, so it's like, there's a way in which I think it's like the more rigorous we can be with safety, with communication, with intentionality, with all of these sort of like things that feel very core in terms of how we work, then it's like, okay, the more fun we can have, the more risk we can take, the more sort of we can push boundaries. Hmm. Um, so that, yeah, that to me is like such a fun way of working. And that's just, that should just be a standard across the fucking board. Let's be honest, you know, like if, if we can get it to that place, I think that we will absolutely have uh, some kind of a, a sexual and, and human enlightenment. Okay. That's the key to it right there. Uh, talk to me, talk to me about um, reactions. You said you've had a wonderful embrace, obviously, from your, your the queer community viewership. Uh, any specific or standout comments that that come to mind? I mean, to me, you know, again, as a fat person, as a trans person, as a queer person, as someone who, you know, had a long, awkward teenage childhood never feeling particularly sexy right um I feel like when other fat people come up to me and they're like yes like you're making work in which we're not being sort of paraded around as a fetish you're making work where fat people are sexy because fat people are sexy right um that that always feels especially exciting to me to 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 feel like people feel seen and feel like it gives them permission to be hot and gives them permission to you know sort of be more embodied and dive into their fantasies that's always really exciting to me um and also honestly you know the feedback from the performers who are like that is my favorite scene i've ever gotten to shoot or you know i felt so powerful i felt so punk rock that day that i got to like just be myself in this big way um that feels really really exciting to me that i would say that's like you know 90 percent of why i'm doing this is just getting to to sort of feel that love and, and share this with people it's a, it's a powerful response you know that's that's a very powerful uh reaction and it can absolutely motivate you know further exploration and creation in that uh in that regard uh, i have to ask about uh what reactions may be a little challenging have you had people that want or I shouldn't even say want. Have you had viewers that say, you know what, I I I I don't agree with what you're doing, or um, this is something that I I can't get behind. I mean, how do you work with that kind of reaction? I mean, you're making very unique content. How do you stand by it? You know, I would say um, I would say that we don't get a ton of hate mail. We don't get a ton of trolls. Maybe, maybe this will change as we get bigger. I also think uh, Poppy Femme does our social media does a really great job of not putting in us in places that are going to be dangerous for our performers you know we, we sort of have this like slow expansion sort of by choice because um we want to take care of everyone that we're working with and we don't want to you know send trolls their way um you know i think occasionally we will get even from folks in our community you know like when we do an age play scene um that pushes some people's buttons um you know if we we did one monster scene um 
you know, that, that I think flagged some, some vegans and made some vegans angry, you know, every once in a while people will sort of take issue, but I think, I think, you know, for instance, when the age play thing comes up, it, it's interesting to see where people's limits are in terms of what they can accept as fantasy and when it sort of crosses a line for them. Um, you know, for me, it's like, there's so much queer history there. There's so much depth of like how how kink and how specifically age play and those dynamics have like functioned as a way to hold community and as a way to like create family bonds yeah. in queer community for so long. So for me, it it, I'm not surprised to get that feedback, but I, I also feel like, oh, well, this is a this is a chance for you to like question your own reaction and to do yeah. a little more digging into why this, you know, if you're having a reaction of like, oh, there's this porn company and they seem so ethical in every other way. And then they make this film that really hits some of my triggers. Like, what's that about? Um, I guess my hope is that that might be a moment to sort of think about, well, wait, why why is that? interesting and how is it being done in a way that's still safe and consensual and you know what's there to be gained there so as a creator it, it almost uh it sparks maybe a, a further exploration or a further you know uh um, opportunity to present this kind of a scene sure yeah you know i think um the the last feature film that we did whole sort of ends with a scene that's pretty intense that's you know bondage and and needle play on the face and blood and um you know it's definitely an intense scene some people really didn't like it that's totally okay um but it does yeah i, th I think it does sort of stoke an interest in me um to sort of explore how I can be showing these things that allow the viewer to maybe access them in the way that I'm seeing them which again is like queer life force and love and history and liberation and autonomy and all these things, right? So the I, I'm at the very early stages of, of making a, a second feature film um, mm. that is sort of looking at serial killers and serial killer play and blood and sort of heavy BDSM in that way. And I think, I think that film will dive a bit more into what you're talking about of, of trying mm. to sort of uh, enact that translation in a way that feels challenging, but also supported. What's the uh, what's the uh, uh, um, interest in serial killers? I, I have to ask. I mean, I, I love to do you have a favorite serial killer. Is this a lifelong passion? It's so easy to be fascinated by these, you know, historic people. But what's the uh, appeal for you? I, th I think the appeal for me this you could get me talking on this like literally for another like hour and a half. So I have to be careful here. But um, I, I think the appeal for me is or the question for me is like what's the deal with death like why like what like what why are we obsessed with serial killers and and it's i think a very white obsession i think it's a very sort of like um middle middle upper class obsession um but like what is it the why are we like turning these people into heroes hmm. um and so for me it like turns into a question about like what's the value in death and what's the value in having intimacy with death and i think I think the queer community has a shit ton of intimacy with death. Um, and I think that there is a lot of grieving there and a lot of loss, but then also the potential for a lot of pleasure and a lot of, um, oh, what's the word for it? A lot of life, right? It's yeah. it's like by, by understanding death in a really intimate way, we can then understand life in a really full way. Um, so that that's like my my mini thesis on serial killers, but I think I'll stop there and, and leave it to the next. Oh, film. but it's like such, it's like the core of vulnerability, trying to explore what our own obsession or fascination with death is. I mean, I, I agree. Let's just make a separate podcast, you and I, just on that. Uh, but you see- I would love that. I would love that. But you see it on like 
Netflix today. It's every single series. There's always, you know, there's there's a new murder series coming out, whether it's a documentary or a docudrama or a biopic or a retelling of. There's a lot of serial killer in the air right now. So, you know, I see that as a bit of a cultural obsession. Who's your favorite? <laughs> I don't I don't know if I have a favorite real life serial killer. I'm not actually super, super into the true crime angle, but I think in terms of like cultural serial killers, I feel like Hannibal is is by far the go-to, like both in terms of sort of the like cultural position it holds and what and how it can be read. And then also how it sort of links up to um, the history of uh, of like medical access to trans folks being denied, right? Like Buffalo Bill as a serial killer, that's uh, her whole backstory, right? So yeah. I think it's like a really problematic, but also really like culturally and historically interesting yeah. um, serial killer sort of universe. So that, that I'll pick that one as my favorite for now, today at least, yeah. I, I love that. And like I said, everyone stay tuned for the new series that's about to drop <laughs> as we go deep, because we will. Fantastic. Uh, social media is not an easy uh, relationship for anyone in the adult industry. In fact, it's usually a relationship of so many shutdowns, restrictions, censorship. What's your experience been with it? I mean, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's been awful. It's awful for all sex workers right now. And, and post SESTA FOSTA, it's just been, you know, more and more and more and more restrictive every day. Um, you know, we've gotten Aorta's account shut down I think three times I've gotten mine shut down five times. It just, you know, it's, it's not safe. It's, it's been gentrified. It's not for us anymore. Um, you know, and, and of course also the thing is because we're working with different body types, working with fat folks, working with, um, you know, with sort of people of all different sizes and identities, you know, the algorithm targets those people and, and makes it even more uh, likely that posts will get flagged and taken down, right? If the algorithm is looking for like what percentage of skin is in this shot, fat people have more skin, right? So it's, it really is challenging. And it is also just sad because we can't, we have all this amazing content and we can't share it with people because it'll get us removed. So we have to be very careful. Um, yeah, and that's just the reality right now. Do you do you see social media though as uh, you know a strong option for promotional opportunity for like is it an important tool for Aorta and how do you work within it? I mean, our so our uh, communications manager Poppy Femme is the one running our social media right now, and he does just such an amazing job with it. Um, I think if I had to be the one focusing <laughs> on that, I would literally just lose my mind within a few days. I, I think it's important in, in that it allows us to connect to community all around the world. It allows us to um, share what we're making and see what people's desires are and see what lands well with people. Um, it you know, I grew up. I'm like right on the divide between digital natives and digital immigrants. And I grew up in a world that didn't have the internet and then did. Um, so I'm always like, I, I hold the like possibility of hope in my heart that we'll get someday something like what the like wild early days of the internet was and be able to like play in that space again. Cause that was so creative and open and, and so much possibility there. Mm -hmm. But I think the social media that we have right now is just not, not anywhere near that. It's become sort of like, yeah, consumerist and, and gentrified and locked down, which is too bad. I mean, that shit was lawless when it first came out. Yahoo chat rooms. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Know, some some of the some of the early webcaming. I remember when the microphone was a big deal, like to have an actual mic 
in the chat room. I'd go into rooms of just people yelling shit at each other. (laughs) Like that was a whole other time where you could really, you could do what you want. And, And now it's just become more and more challenging to participate as we continue to need to participate so much more with it. Endless battle, truly. Yeah. And it's like, we engage with it in a very certain way, in a very limited way, and there's only one way. And that, you know, again, I'm an experimentalist. I want to go into something where there's more, more freedom and more openness than that. Yeah, my goodness. What, what inspires you the most in creating for Aorta? Is there one source of, of fuel for your, your flame and fury and fire of creation? I would say I have two. I would say one is going to play parties in the community and and the first time I walked into one I remember thinking like this is the best art this is durational performance and it's the best art that I've ever seen in my entire life um so I think every time I go to a play party and get to see queer folks fucking and and playing and being inventive and crazy and stupid and wild and beautiful and and like I I I never walk out of a play party feeling like anything other than a inspired um so that's definitely the first and then i think the second is going to to porn film festivals um the berlin porn film festival especially is just um such an amazing time to be with community and i think they're you know from from folks who are either outside the queer porn world or just starting to get to know it there's like i think very often the assumption of like there's so little queer porn being made or it's so hard to find good porn or, you know, that's like this little, little niche. And then there's, you know, mainstream is really the giant. And, and that's true in a way, but being at these festivals, you just really see how much amazing, inventive, like, uh, like resonant, filmic, like really, really innovative queer porn is being made right now. And getting to see that from all around the world and getting to see like the Latin American porn scene and how that's different from the Berlin scene, how that's different yeah. from San Francisco and New York is just really, really exciting. I, I feel like, yeah, I'm, I love being a part of this community and it, it just feels, yeah, endlessly, endlessly inspiring. Mm, there's just so many fabulous sounds and and visuals in sex that go beyond what you're used to in the spoon-fed mainstream porn that's existed and dominated for decades and decades and decades. My goodness. I, I, I really hope that everyone listening and viewing this podcast takes some time to explore all that is Aorta. Tell me, what's the impact you hope to make with the content you're putting out there? Oh, that's a great question. So I, you know, I'm really interested in seeing if porn, not even seeing, I'm going to start that over, if that's okay. Um, So I'm interested uh, in making porn that sort of is on the level of becoming its own artistic medium, right? Like just like literature or horror film or a comic book or something like that, right? Like it's back to that first project where each of the works is in a different media. I want porn to be able to be a form, right? Just like any other form. So I'm I'm interested in making works that advance that, but I'm also interested in building a culture around pornography where I'm not the only one making making those works right and there are there are already so many other people doing that right now but one of the things I've started thinking about is building a residency center where Aorta can not only be making our own work but start supporting the work of other porn makers and supporting other independent productions um so I would love to you know again not only be the first person or the first organization that founds a porn residency center but you know 
live in a world where 50 years from now, there are many, many residency centers around the world who are funding porn because porn is a legitimate medium to tell, to, you know, tell stories and make art and, and really uh, inspire people and, and motivate people to sort of have these like art experiences that change their life. You're, you're talking revolution, you know, <laughs> it's so exciting. You're talking revolution here. Uh, how, how does, how does sex and an honest approach to it, a genuine curiosity that someone pursues, how does that enhance someone's life? Oh man. I mean, for me, it just feels so central. It feels like that. It feels like getting clear about the fact, and I think it's a fact for every person that I didn't have to change or wait or put off the fact that I deserved pleasure and joy exactly as I was, exactly as I am, right? I think, I think we're told, you know, okay, you deserve, you deserve happiness when you lose 50 pounds. You deserve joy when you have that job that you finally want, right? You deserve, you know, peace once you've accomplished these things. But I think there's something about sex about having a really good mind-blowing orgasm mm -hmm. that can teach people oh I deserve this right now exactly as I am exactly with my body exactly with all my shortcomings exactly with all the work I still need to do every single person is deserving of mind-blowing pleasure um, and joy and happiness and I think porn has the ability to really share that and inspire that in people um, and once you start, it becomes harder to sell you shit. It becomes harder for capitalism to try and control you because you don't need to, to go on a diet or buy the thing or social climb or climb a corporate ladder. You can actually find sort of the world that you wanna make for yourself right where you are. Um, that's, yeah, that's my manifesto anyways. <laughs> I mean, Max Sorry. for president, Max for president. But, um, but in, in the same time, you know, sex is so much a part of our identity and people try to avoid exploring it to the degrees that they can, whether that's just a couple steps into their curiosities or a full-fledged, you know, dedication to one year of saying yes to every sexual interest they may have. I mean, sex is a huge part of our uniqueness, how we express it. I, I mean, I, I it's you learn so much about yourself when Absolutely. you when you when you interact in different kinds of sex that are ones that you know you're tapping into based on curiosities that you have, based on arousal that is conjuring and stirring inside of you. Yeah, and I think you also don't have to dive all the way to the most intense end of BDSM to access that, right? A lot of the work that we do, or I think with some of our films and as I work with performers is like these pleasure exercises to sort of stoke pleasure just on a little, little small level, right? Of like, when you're listening to a song, can you think about why it's like lighting up your pleasure sensors? Or when you go through the grocery store, like what do you wanna touch and why? And what do you wanna smell and why, right? So I think it's like on both this like, you know, tiny micro end and the big macro end, all of this work, it gets us more in our bodies. It gets us more honest about where we are. It, brings us closer to our like curiosities and desires and that sort of just makes us more whole as people and, and takes us exactly like you're saying in directions that we absolutely don't expect um and that's growth you know i just want let's just make sure that everyone uh understands that exploring your pleasure is so truly essential in leading a fulfilling life have you heard that today people absolutely Goodness. 
Max, what's next on your sexual bucket list? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I mean, coming out of, of quarantine and COVID, right? I think in some ways I would have answered that question in such a different way a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't have a, I don't live with a partner. I've had like very little sex over the last year and a half. And I'm sort of slowly crawling back into like dating and play dates and parties. And it is so interesting just to be like, oh, where am I? Right. And I mean, you know, like when we talk about pleasure and we get sort of on our like excited pleasure, pleasure rants, right. <laughs> There's a way in which it feels like big and extreme and the most, the most extreme BDSM. And I kind of feel like on my maybe it's not a bucket list right now, but it's like the bucket got dumped out and I'm starting over again, you know, where it's like, oh, I, I had, a, I had the things that I knew I liked. I had the things that I was building towards. And all of a sudden I haven't done anything for a year. And this body is new in a lot of ways. So I think right now I'm like really thinking about sort of like a resensitizing process of like, oh, like this used to be my go-to. Is it still my go-to? Do I still like that? And oh, this thing that I had always wanted, I actually don't want it anymore. That's not me anymore. You know, so I think I'm, um, I think some of my current interests, I like have been a power bottom forever and ever and ever. And I think I'm slowly sort of switching into being more switchy and topping more. And so that's really exciting. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, the, the problem is like everything, right? Like I want to do everything. I want, I want to see everything. I'm, I'm just, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's endless. So yeah, I, I think I can't answer because once I start, I won't stop. I want it all. <laughs> Let's do it all. I'm a maximalist. It's what it is. Yeah. There you go. Fantastic. For everybody who is, uh, falling madly in love with you and just wetting themselves with <laughs> anticipation to learn more, to explore Aorta. How do they get in touch with you? How do they uh, check out the content? Yeah, so check out our website, aortafilms.com. Um, we run our monthly membership through Patreon. So it's just $9. It's super cheap. And then you get a new film each month plus access to everything we ever created. Um, you can also back at higher levels and then you get the downloads of the films or other member perks. Um, and you can check us out on Instagram at Aorta Films Will Never Die. And I'm on Instagram as Max Capacity, M-A-H-X Capacity, V, because it's the fifth profile I've had. Um, and if you don't see me there, it means I've probably gotten kicked <laughs> off and try, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Max, thank you so much. This was so inspiring. I really enjoyed uh, every moment of today's chat. You're fantastic. Thank you for being oh, such a leader. Such oh, a leader. it was wonderful to get to talk with you. It's always so, so nice to get to nerd out about porn and pleasure. And yeah, I love that you're doing this series. It's really exciting. And hey, we might have even just sprinkled in a touch of serial killer. So talk about I'm happy. Like, smoke me a cigarette. I just had great sex. Okay. <laughs> We'll have to talk about a podcast or something on that end. Yeah, we absolutely do. Max, thank you so very much. Uh, all the best to you and everyone watching and listening. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion here on Licked and Loaded. We'll see you next time. <laughs>